Hi, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this is the chapter, Life Hacking Your Looks, from my new book, How to Be Cross-Eyed. Even if you don't have a conspicuous physical imperfection, I think you'll find this chapter on life hacking your looks and fashion insightful and actionable. This is a subject that many ignore to their detriment. If you do have a conspicuous physical imperfection like I do, this chapter is crucial. Maybe even the most important one in my book, which is how to be cross-eyed, thriving despite your physical imperfection. I'm also publishing this chapter on my website in case you prefer to read it. And on that page, you can find links to the various resources and tools I discuss in this podcast. If you're listening to this and don't have a physical imperfection or (laughs) have a relatively uh, inconspicuous, insignificant one, and I'll leave uh, that up to you to judge, Uh, I would encourage you to share this with someone you know who does. It will take just a moment to share with them and it will really show them that you care. And I certainly welcome any feedback you might have. Leave a comment below or drop me an email. And you can, of course, order my book, How to Be Cross-Eyed, through the link below. So without any further ado, let's get on to the chapter, Life Hacking Your Looks. For a long time, I considered myself to be ugly, or at least not very attractive because of my crossed eye. A Dutch girl in Nicaragua changed my mind about this. The Central American country that you most associate with surfing, beautiful natural parks, exotic wildlife, lackadaisical Latin lifestyle, coconuts, paradisical islands, and beach parties with girls in bikinis is probably Costa Rica. But trust me, you don't want to go to Costa Rica. The country does have tremendous natural beauty in some of its parks and beaches, but everywhere that Costa Ricans live, they really abuse the environment. You'll see fields full of burning trash, beaches strewn with washed up plastic, trash bags piling up next to waterfalls. It's also quite dangerous. Lots of petty crime, mugging, corrupt police, etc. If you venture at all out of the tourist zones, you really need to watch your back. It's not populated by the beautiful Latin women of your fantasies either. They're more like the hobbit women from the Shire and the Lord of the Rings speaking a mumbling dialect of Spanish. Not a great place to learn to speak Spanish. The food is terrible there. Just fried crap and junk food. No spice or flavor. A fancy dinner in Costa Rica is considered rice and chicken. The national drink is rum and Coca-Cola, and the popular local beers there taste like fermented pond water that a kid peed in. 
American tourists have been flooding into Costa Rica for 50 years. So you're just another gringo there to be funneled through their economy that relies fundamentally on ripping off tourists. No special treatment. Nobody asking you if you like their country. Nobody excited to meet an exotic foreigner and practice their English. It's also a terrible value for your tourism buck. Costa Rica has one of those stupid economies where the local people make a tiny pittance, but the cost of things is quite high. You'll often find yourself paying the same price for foods, goods, and services that you do in North America. I recommend going to Nicaragua or Panama instead, which brings me to an illustrative anecdote. I had escaped Costa Rica and was hanging out in the resplendent surf mecca of San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua. Check out the photo that I have of that attached to the article, which is an idyllic coastal fishing village. Everything there was cheap as hell, so I let my hedonistic side out a bit, spending a few hours a day working on my laptop, but most of my time lounging by the pool or beach, exploring the mountains around the village, which overlooked the bay. During the nights, I would get dinner with newly made acquaintances at the beachfront restaurants and then hit up the open-air discos or tiki bars sometimes until the sun peaked above the blue horizon of the Pacific. This was the carefree Latin lifestyle that I came for. I ended up meeting this Dutch girl about my age who was also cross-eyed. One night, sitting across from her in a mojito bar, I realized that her crossed eye just barely detracted from her attractiveness. But she was a well-put-together young lady. She was quite fit, had a stylish haircut, and wore fashionable yet feminine clothing that complemented her slender figure, as opposed to the sporty, hippie, or hipster look that you'll encounter so much along the gringo trail in that part of the world. She also had a decent personality, sense of humor, and could hold a conversation. If she was like some of the slovenly and unkept lady travelers I've met, who seemingly always had a beer in one hand and their smartphone in the other, her crossed eye would be a distinctive, ugly feature. I realized that because she had some style and swagger, her crossed eye gave her more personality than it detracted from her attractiveness. And the same must be true for me. Since nature disadvantaged you with a physical imperfection, it's incumbent on you to do everything in your power to maximize and improve your appearance with fashionable clothing, tailoring and styling your look, grooming and hygiene, posture and body language, along with exercise and weight training. A word on inner beauty. There is this myth of inner beauty that we will be loved and wanted for our individual inner beauty. This could not be further from the truth. You'll be accepted or rejected based upon the most superficial things. Since you're physically imperfect, you already know that people treat you differently based upon your appearance. 
So the good news is that about 80% of your appearance, the way you present yourself to the world, can be changed and improved significantly. Let's begin by talking about fashion. I'm not really an expert on men's fashion, and certainly not women's, but I do practice a modicum of fashion common sense that I'll share with you. The most commonly committed fashion sin is wearing clothes that don't really fit you, especially baggy clothes. Unless you're really muscular, baggy does not look good. From the barrios of Mexico City to the slums of New Delhi, there is an almost universal average guy uniform of jeans, t-shirt, and tennis shoes. It's really hard to make this look really good unless A, you are really muscular, or B, the jeans are a really fancy designer brand, or C, the shoes are like plus $100 brand new high fashion tennis shoes. I'll encourage you instead to go with a button-down shirt, jeans, and leather shoes. It's a simple upgrade that costs about the same, is equally comfortable, yet makes you look a whole lot smarter. If I'm going out to socialize, I take about two minutes to iron my button-down shirts, which makes them look about 200% better. If I'm doing something social, I always wear leather shoes. Don't wear tennis shoes or trainers unless you're doing something athletic or sitting at home. I wash my shoes once a week, which keeps them looking new for about a year as opposed to looking worn out after just a month or two of use. If you dislike clothing shopping as much as I do, don't invest in a look that's going to go out of style in a year or two. I remember about 10 years ago, the hood look was really popular. Everyone was rocking these silly pseudo sports jerseys, trying to look like a rapper, like a hip hop star. Now it's the lumberjack look with a beard, unkept hair, and a flannel shirt or dorky sweater. In a few years, perhaps the popular in look may be to look like you just survived a war zone or genocide. <laughs> I've always been loyal to the classic clean-cut preppy look, which I suspect will never go out of style. I have shirts that I bought 10 years ago, which are still quite fashionable. I don't do any egregiously bad mismatching. No yellows with greens, no white undershirts with uh, button-down shirts, no white calf-length socks with tennis shoes or sandals, no Adidas trainers with a suit jacket. Don't leave your house looking like this, gentlemen. You can make your lower body look about 10 times better by actually wearing pants that are about the same length as your legs. Whenever I buy pants, I spend the extra $10 to get them tailored, and it makes them look like pants that cost about $80 more than they actually did. I also always have one, at least one, ostentatious fashion item. It might be white pants, a beige suit jacket, a vest with a cool pattern, designer jeans, or a 
cool fedora. It's something that makes me stand out from the crowd. Something conspicuous enough that people will notice this stylish item before they notice my cross dye. Right now, it's this cool beige Zara blazer that cost just $35. I spend very little time and money on fashion, but I'm easily in the top 10% of most fashionable guys. Most guys are so clueless and willingly ignorant when it comes to fashion that if you can pay just a little bit of attention, you'll look better than most. My brother, who is not cross-eyed, is in really good shape. He lifts weight and consumes protein shakes with almost religious discipline. He's lean and muscular, but you would not know it just by looking at him. And I include a couple of photos in the article of my bro. He goes for this casual sporty look, wearing baggy shirts and jeans that almost totally obscure his great brother. And I'm not going to tell my brother how to live his life unless he asks me for advice. But I think it's pretty silly to spend all that time and money building a great body, but not spend just a little bit more time and money selecting fashionable clothing that really shows it off. Kind of like buying a Ferrari and then just leaving it in the garage all the time. I realize how many times I'm referring to Ferraris. I really like Ferraris. For comparison's sake, check out a couple of other photos of my friend Brian. As you can see, his thoughtful selection of clothing really shows off the body that he's worked so hard on. A few men's resources worth taking a gander at before you drop you know, some coin on upgrading your link. For example, there's the YouTube channel Alpha M Consulting, and there's also the uh, men's category on Express. Dot com and there's some other resources that I'll actually keep updated that I'll encourage you to check out through the article where I have this chapter published. Let's talk about male grooming. I'm also not an expert on grooming, but again, if you apply a little common sense, you will look better than most. Right now, this scruffy look is really in uh, which involves a lot of superfluous facial hair. Unless you're in a band or just have really awesome facial symmetry, unless you just have really great movie star looks, I encourage you to pass on the scruffy bearded look. Unless your facial hair comes in like black beards, just go with the clean shaven look. Thanks to my mom, I'm blessed with this thick, wavy hair, but many guys have some thinning and male pattern baldness that starts to become apparent in their second or third decade of life. If this is the reality staring you in the mirror, don't try to fight it with a comb over. Just shave it off. The totally bald, chrome dome look best exhibited by the rapper Pitbull is very sexy, stylish, and masculine. I also advise against long hair. Unless you have Fabio's facial structure and musculature, it's just going to make you look really feminine. 
Also, this is maybe a glaring case of confirmation bias. I have never in my life gotten to know a guy with long, flowing hair who was a cool guy. Every single one of them seemed to be kind of weird, antisocial, and or dramatic. I just don't trust guys with long hair now, to be honest. Like me, you've probably scoffed at haircuts that are priced at like $50 or $100. Here's a secret of good-looking people. Stylists who charge $50 or $100 for a haircut are often experts who will really know how to style your hair to complement your face. The haircut that makes Brad Pitt look like a dangerous secret agent is not going to have the same effect on Sean Connery or vice versa. If you shell out for a top shelf haircut once, the stylist will craft your hair into something that is uniquely you. Then immediately take photos of it from several different angles with your smartphone. Then in two months or whenever, when you need a haircut next, go back to the $15 barber and show him the photos of what you want and often he'll be able to duplicate it at a fraction of the original cost. So that overpriced haircut is really an investment. My thoughts on XX sexual marketplace dynamics. I'm not even going to try to give grooming advice to members of the fair sex reading this. I'm sure there's plenty of places where you can find much more informed opinions on that. I suspect that would be tantamount to a bicycle mechanic giving advice to a Ferrari mechanic. But think about this, ladies. The most attractive women in your cities, the uh, nines or tens, if we're going to use that silly one to ten rating scale, are uh, those those nines and tens are nearly impossible to compete with in terms of raw genetic advantage, unless you're going to get like thousands of dollars in plastic surgery done, or just you know live in the gym. However, many of those most attractive women treat their beauty the same way a 21-year-old guy would if you just tossed him the keys to a brand new Ferrari. They like to show it off to everybody at nearly every opportunity. They do almost nothing to maintain its mechanics beyond the most superficial and skin deep practicing little to no discipline with their exercise regimen, diet, or lifestyle. They'll generally be really irresponsible and careless with it, drinking alcohol, smoking cigarettes, doing recreational drugs, going for late-night junk food, etc. And in 10 years, it won't look so hot anymore, and it definitely won't be the high-performance machine that it once was. If you, as a woman, choose the path less traveled of discipline and maintain your machinery, by early middle age, your beauty will be about on parity with that 10 out of 10 cheerleader or go-go dancer or uh, Instagram star that everyone was so infatuated with and that was so inundated with attention. 
once upon a time. Also, pop culture has done this funny thing of encouraging women to dress down. Really attractive women so take their good looks for granted that they often lazily dress down to a sporty or rocker chick. Look, I'm amazed at how many women I meet at social events and parties look like they just rolled out of bed. Sometimes I think women are getting just as apathetic as guys are about their appearances, which is good news for you if you're a smart enough lady to stay in shape and dress with a little more feminine style. Attractiveness is relative also. A7 in Berlin is very different than A7 in Medellin, Colombia. If you live anywhere else other than Medellin, Manhattan, Moscow, or glitzy downtown Kiev, Ukraine, you can give yourself a serious advantage in life, love, and business by just paying a little extra attention to your appearance. I want to mention losing weight. Losing some weight may also help your appearance. Although honestly, style and swagger makes a bigger difference than a few pounds around the middle. I would upgrade your wardrobe first. In the diet chapter, I'll go more in depth into the biohacking, but to summarize the most effective lifestyle areas to change your body shape are in descending order of effectiveness, diet fasting, and finally exercise. So if you want to lose some weight, start by getting your diet really optimized and integrating fasting into your lifestyle before signing up for 20 personal training sessions at a gym. You'll see yourself transform physically all the faster. If you are really skeptical that people will treat you differently because of something as superficial as clothing and grooming, try this. Go to a department store that has a very flexible return policy and splurge a little bit on a really fancy outfit. Get it tailored or have one of the retail employees there help you select something that looks really good on you. Then wear it to a party, social gathering, or just put it on and walk around the downtown part of your city and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at how differently people treat you. Appearance hacking is counterintuitive because a lot of us think logically that what really matters is who we are, what we do, what we say. But people really do judge you by how you look. Nobody is ever going to think you're an idiot because you've been really meticulous about your appearance. But a lot of people will secretly disdain you for being careless about it. Your job is to be the most stylish person in the room. If you aren't, by default, thanks to your physical imperfection, you'll be the most physically awkward person in the room.